All right, we are uh, here at Hackers at Hilltop. We'll be here till seven o'clock again. Uh, come by, we get tickets. Giving away while supplies last. Australian Pink Floyd coming up in June. The Professional Bull Riders coming up next month, or no, excuse me, later this month, a couple weeks from now, uh, at Hampton Coliseum. And, of course, train Ario Speedwagon before you can buy them. You can win them tickets here if you uh, stop by at Hackers at Hilltop. Come on and see Joe. We're out in the VIP section here. Ask him for uh, directions if you need them while you come to the door. And uh, join us here, hang out, watch a show, uh, talk some sports with you, 757-687-9494 if you want to hit us up. On the text line as well, uh, right now um, we're getting into the big game on Sunday. Of course, the 49ers, it's a rematch from a few years ago, a game that they led, believe it or not. Remember, they were leading this game. That's right. 21-10, about 13, 14 minutes to go. End up losing it um, to the, uh, to the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs by a final of 30-21. to 21. And Kansas City... You know, of course, that was their first of what now has been uh, multiple Super Bowls, and now they're trying to go back-to-back. And the question is whether or not the second time around will be the charm. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. You ready for this? Yes. You ready for this story here? All right, so we've had situations where teams have gotten a second shot at a team um, in a Super Bowl. Uh, In this case, Chiefs 49ers, right? So we saw this before. Uh, Giants played um, the Patriots twice. Patriots got two shots at them. Cowboys, Bills, and Steelers, Cowboys uh, as well. So as we know, in a short period of time when these things happen, two Super Bowl teams playing each other, same matchup in a five-year span, the team that wins the first one wins the second one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Giants beat the Patriots twice in the five years. Cowboys beat the Bills twice in a two-year span. Uh, Steelers beat the Cowboys twice in a three-year span. So, usually, if you win the first one, you win the second one. Now, I'm not trying to deter the 49ers fans because there's always a first, right? Like, there was the Cubs forever until there wasn't. There was the Red Sox forever until there wasn't. Like, so, at some point, some way, somebody's got to end the streak. But to this point, you know, it's always like, well, a rematch, you know, well, the team that wants revenge, blah, blah, blah. No, it doesn't really matter so much. It doesn't, doesn't make that much of a difference. It's usually the better team. The team that's had the better quarterback won all those matchups. <laughs> in most cases, and certainly that's what you're looking at here. If you're a 49er fan, you're saying, ooh, but do we? can we beat the better quarterback? That's going to be the tough one. Yeah, especially when it's – and I'm sorry all Brock Purdy fans, yeah. but a just tremendously better quarterback. And it's yeah. just Patrick Mahomes is in his own category. We're still trying to figure out what Brock Purdy is right now. So I, I think Brock Purdy's a heck of a player, but you just can't even kind of compare him to Patrick Mahomes. But I will say this, I think the Niners have the better overall roster. That is true. What, what that's going to do for them, we'll find out. I mean, but they do have the better overall roster. Uh, they, on paper, they check a lot of the boxes over the uh, 49 or over the uh, Chiefs here. But will that make a difference on Super Sunday when, again, you have the guy who's been here and done it so well in Patrick Mahomes? It always seems to make the right plays, winning plays each week and uh, throughout the first part of um, his career, it's been incredible to see what this guy's done in the big games. You know, granted, granted they did have a Super Bowl L to the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers several years ago, but that right. team was not exactly a whole team at that point. Mm-hmm. They were struggling big time with injuries. All right, Steve Wilkes said something very interesting earlier this week, um, kind of called his defense out. Um, see, they, they need more gas, no breaks. Said he was very disappointed in looking back at the Detroit game, so there was just some ugly stuff on there. 
Like we discussed this after the game. It was weird how just just lazy. It might be the best way to put it. The 49ers defense look in the Packer game too. Quite that, frankly, yeah, and in the Packer game for them, there's a lot of hustle plays that were not being made. Right? Uh, Steve Wilkes called them embarrassing uh, when wow. when talking a few days ago. Uh, he was not happy with it. He said unacceptable, embarrassing uh, performance. Wasn't a sense of urgency. Um, you know, against the Lions collectively as a team. Um, Wilkes said, I can tell you as a defense, it's unacceptable. Since we talked about that, I wish I, you, you, I could tell these guys on our play four or on play 27 that's what's going to happen. You don't know. He goes, so you've got to make sure that every play, every down, that it's going to be the difference in the ball game. He goes, and you can see those particular plays. It wasn't our, our standard. He goes, those guys understand and know they quite honestly, it was embarrassing. And certainly a lot of um, juice has been thrown at Chase Young for this. Right, because Chase Young was on the backside of plays, and what this what made this guy kind of who he was for a while was his motor. But like the motor has not been there for Chase Young at all, and it almost looked like not looked like he was in fact jogging and checking out of plays. Yeah, like you the, can on the see backside. it. Yeah. The Jameer Gibbs touchdown run, he's just kind of jogging and play. Like, what are you doing, man? Like the play's still like go tackle that guy. Just because it's not your side of the field doesn't matter. I mean, just go get the ball at that point. After he gets past the line of scrimmage, it was really bad. And that was what I think Steve Wilkes was talking about. And Kyle Shanahan called called it not our culture. He said there's about two or three plays that were not our culture. Team's run defense was really bad in the first half. You had the Jamison Williams 42-yard touchdown run. You had the uh, Jameer Gibbs 15-yard touchdown run. Um, 182 yards and three scores on the ground against the Lions. And as you mentioned the week earlier, 18 carries, 108 yards for Aaron, jo- or Aaron Jones against them. Uh, as well, so th- this is what's driving the 49ers crazy. And John Lynch saying effort is non-negotiable. Those things have been addressed. You've got one game. I'd really be shocked if you saw that again. But I mean, it's it's glaring. It's not. It doesn't. You don't have to be like you know breaking down X's and O's to be uh, you know to be a football aficionado to see hustle or lack thereof when you're watching the 49ers defense in those games. And why did it take you this long to fix it? You couldn't have just noticed it, right? Why did it take you this long? To try and do something about it, and and quite frankly, like, is it too late? Because I'm not saying that you know you bench. Let's say they bench bench Chase Young. Maybe From that's his, not the, maybe that's yeah. not the cure all. Right, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just not. Well, again, Randy Gregory, I think if he had if he was giving them anything, he'd probably have been out there by now, right? Like, right, he it says a lot. Yeah, Chase Young played 84 percent of the snaps or 83 percent of the snaps in this last game against the um, Lions. So it wasn't like they decided in the middle of the game, oh, he's the, he's the, the one cure-all, fix-all, get him off the field. I think what they're telling you is there's more to it than just him uh, not doing it as well. You know, that's, what's, that's what I think is uh, frustrating. So according to roster management system, the 49ers spent the most cash on their defense in the league this year, $157 million. And they, they obviously have not gotten the dividends from it as they had hoped. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, right? Their defense, because they got a lot of young kids. I mean, they got a, that secondary is young. They've drafted well. Seventy-five million in cash spending, fourth uh. cheapest, fourth cheapest. But yet, the second in the NFL in terms of points against. Um, again, Steve Spagnuolo tends to get his defenses better towards the postseason, which he's done again this year. So for, they're getting more bang out of their buck, and certainly. I mean, this isn't a fair standard, but this is what you have to go up against if you're in San Francisco. Before him, there was D'Amico Ryans, who was sensational, obviously killed it as first-year head coach. And Robert Sala had some excellent 49er defenses yes, as well. Did. And this year they got Hargrave in in the free agent market from the Eagles, which has been a good fit for them. But 
you know, there, there's been a lot of questions there. You've seen teams do stuff to San Francisco. I mean, remember the game Cousins had against that defense this year. Uh, the Browns, you know, with all their injuries, were able to, you know, to move the ball on them in that football game in Cleveland and beat them, which was shocking. Obviously, the Ravens destroyed them when they played them as well. So, I mean, there have been some of these games that are kind of a bit of head scratchers. Now, they're not many. They're not many <laughs> that have been like that. But if, if they don't get off to a great start, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what happens in this game. If the 49ers don't, aren't able to dictate to the Chiefs how that impacts their defense. I don't know. Quite frankly, it might be more dangerous for Kyle to have a lead because Kyle doesn't do so great when he has a lead <laughs> in the Super Bowl. I don't well, know. I good. don't know that they don't want to be down. Well, that's, that's a great point. That's actually funny to say that because David, via the Texas, San Francisco, blew the lead because it's Kyle Shanahan. See, there you go, David. Just like he did in Atlanta. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. Now, there was, again, Garoppolo. I mean, just misses. I mean, he's got well, I mean, yeah. it's a terrible. Then there's that. Yeah, yeah, so there's that. I mean, it's not all the coach, but yes, until he isn't, until they don't turn that around, it will be on the head coach. But we're, to your point, too, there's a, of, there's a reason they went out and got Chase Young. There's a reason right, they went out and got Randy Gregory. Right to finish. They, they needed that other guy opposite of Nick Bosa because I think that they kind of know they don't have the secondary that they once did, and no. if you're not getting that pressure, you're going to get exposed, and they're not. Definitely not. Bosa, too, has been quiet during all yeah. this stuff, too. I mean, we're talking a lot about Chase Young because he's the one they clearly were running at. I mean, they, they, he was the one they picked on. You know, the Lions had isolated him with some plays. But, yeah, I mean, Nick Bosa hadn't exactly been tearing it up either. Well, and now you can you know you can shift your attention there because sure. the other guys aren't getting it done. No doubt. All right, let's get to some big game bets. Uh, we'll give you some of the interesting early parlays here for Super Bowl week uh, 757-687-9494. That's the uh, phone line, Valley Hughes phone line, also the text line. I uh, can get us that way as well. Scott Jackson Show coming at you live from Hackers at Hilltop. Place to be on Sunday for the big game watch party. You can get your tickets at Hackers at Hilltop.com. We'll give you more info on that as we move along here tonight till 7 o'clock here on Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we're brought to you by Larry King Law. The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, we're going to get to some big game bets brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. Visit High Noon on spirits.com to find it near you. All right, big game bets give you some of the interesting numbers for the Super Bowl each and every day leading up to the big game. Uh, of course, a point and a half favorite are the 49ers as things stand today. Uh, but looking at some of the props are interesting. You know, like the quarterback props, I mean, Pat Mahomes, most yards minus 150, whatever. But how about this one? Brock Purdy over 12 and a half rushing yards. Ooh. Not something he's known for, right? No, but we saw it last week, right. didn't we? He had 48 rushing yards last week, which is unheard of for Brock Purdy. Um, he's under center for the team's five losses this year and averaged 21.25 rushing yards in each of those games. He's cleared 12 and a half yards rushing uh, just four times over the regular season. So it's not something he's known to do, right? Um, but. He definitely showed he's capable of it. And I guess if you're a 49er fan, you're hoping, hey, man, if you really want them to win the game, you're hoping Brock Purdy has clean pockets and he doesn't have to do that. But that is an interesting one because 12.5 is not a lot, right? You get that on one rush. Yeah, you get that on one rush. I mean, that doesn't seem like a whole heck of a lot for Brock Purdy. It feels like this is an overish situation here. Um, The other one is Brock Purdy, uh, half an interception, .5 interceptions uh, in this football game as well. Purdy has um, thrown – not that many interceptions this year, but he has been vulnerable to the pick. I mean, he threw one last week, uh, threw one the week before as well in the Packers game. And so he's thrown some off-target balls that have ended up in interceptions. 
so far this season. You know, again, the most he's had in a game this season uh, in terms of off-target passes was that Packer game in the divisional round against Joe Barry's D, right? He had 10 off-target passes. Um, the Packers did come down with one interception, but there were other opportunities. Obviously, the Lions got the one yeah. terrible throw, hit the guy in the face uh-huh. mask. Uh, but they did get another interception. Malcolm Rodriguez did have one. And, again, um, they should have had the one by uh, Vildor, right? It was it Kendall Vildor is a guy who hit off his face mask. So he, he has thrown some up for grabs here recently. And the Chiefs have been a secondary, you know, that could get out, can get the, can attack the football. And obviously, with Chris Jones and that uh, defensive line, they're going to certainly get their fair share of pressures, you would think, over time if uh, Purdy's going to try to be patient in the pocket. So that's an interesting one, too, that also feels like it could go over here, especially if you're like looking at it from a Chiefs angle, right? Like you could, you could see it that way. Here's one for the Chiefs Von Marquez Valdez Scantling. Longest catch over 13 and a half yards. Now, we know that he had the big catch the, the, that iced the game against the Ravens last week. But, man, there is just, as you know, with this Chiefs wide receiver core outside of Rasheed Rice too much, oh, my God, is he going to catch it? Is he not going to catch <laughs> yep. it? Is somebody going to get open? Is Pat Mahomes actually going to believe in any of these guys? So, you know, three of the, three of the receivers' five playoff games have gone for 14-plus receiving yards. Uh, the 49ers defense has been very generous uh, in these playoffs, right? Um, giving up, giving up pass plays too. I mean, they have they have been vulnerable uh, in this in this postseason. So it does feel like that is not an unachievable dream if you're uh, looking at that uh, that over under as well. It is a little difficult though because of his dropsies that he's had. And we've seen him in some big moments not be able to reel him in. And last week was the first week he finally yeah. like the biggest pa- pass he caught all year just happened to be. Last week, so that's that's the only thing that would give me a little bit of pause. Yeah, no doubt. Um, anyway, so there's some of the big game props. We'll keep looking at these all week. Uh, brought to you by High Noon Hard Seltzer. Visit High Noon on Spirits.com and find one near to find them near you uh, for High Noon uh, Hard Seltzers. But so those are some of the ones this week. We'll look at a few others uh, as the week moves on. Is they are um, they're always fun. And again, it's not just hey the national anthem will be more than a minute and a half or you know. Hey, it's going to be who's going to win the coin toss and those things. I mean, those aren't real big money items, but some of these other ones that you could maybe work into part of your game day strategy, uh, if you will. And obviously, when Tim is with us Friday, our um, our expert from Beeson, we will dive into some of the ones he may like as well. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. By the way, this is the fourth time, or excuse me, this is the. Um, Eighth time with the same teams meeting in multiple Super Bowls in the history of the NFL. There's been a lot of these, like, you know, same team things. The Chiefs all-time are 8-7 and seven against the 49ers, but Patrick Mahomes has never lost to the 49ers at 3-0. Huh. Brock Purdy, by the way, threw his first NFL pass and his first interception in Week 8 last season against the Chiefs. Um, and, of course, that was when he had to get into the football game. 49ers led the Super Bowl that they blew – Super Bowl 54, 20-10 entering the fourth quarter. The Chiefs would score 21 unanswered in the final seven minutes to take that one, 31-20. Uh, Again, looking back on that, not trying to bring up bad memories to the 49er fans, just pointing out the facts here. And this, again, is top two offense in the 49ers against top two defense against the Chiefs. You know how they always say G- defense wins championships? Yep. It's actually true. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So four other times in the NFL Super Bowl history since 1970 have you had four teams play with the top offense, 
one of the top two offenses against one of the top two defenses. The other time was 2013. Broncos, Peyton Manning against the Seahawks, that game in New Jersey. Remember, the weirdest, stupidest idea ever. Let's play an outdoor <laughs> Super Bowl in New Jersey uh-huh. because it's New York, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom. How quickly was that game over, by the way? Is it my imagination or is this something getting old? I felt like that Super Bowl got out of hand so quickly. Like, you could see there was no hope. I mean, there was absolutely no hope. That was one of the most uncomfortable Super Bowls I've ever watched. It was, it was, pretty, it was pretty early. The greatest thing about that, that game was the halftime show of Bruno Mars. and That's like the that highlight of the good. game, unless, yeah. of course, you're a Seahawks fan. Not that I was you know, rooting for the Broncos or anything, but it was, just, it was such a boring, like, anticlimactic Super Bowl. It was such a beatdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one with top defenses versus top offenses with the Buccaneers' top defense putting the clamps on the Raiders in 2002. And, of course, uh, that game where Bill Callahan was coaching the team that John Gruden had just been traded from against John Gruden's new team, the Bucks. Uh 1992, the Cowboys had a top-two defense. The Bills had a top-two offense. We know how that ended, uh, as all the Bills Super Bowls ended with a big L. And in 1981, the 49ers had the top-two defense in the Cincinnati Bengals, believe it or not, led by Ken Anderson, had the top two offense. Wow. So you would think it would be the other way around. It had to be the Niners, but no, it was the other way around. I never would have pegged that. Yeah, and that was a game won by Cincinnati. So, again, just, you know, there's been a lot of Super Bowls. Obviously, 50, what, 57 other ones. Is it Super Bowl 58 or 57? I just keep screwing this up. It's Super Bowl 58. So we've had 57 other Super Bowls, so it was only four times you had top defenses versus top offenses. However, in that little uh, stretch there, it's been all about the top defenses. We'll see if that, that continues. Certainly, we know this much. Steve Spagnuolo likes this time of year. Like, this is late. He lives for this. Some of his best defensive uh, play calling has come uh, in Super Bowls in the past. No doubt about that. Yeah. And he has shut down some great offenses, some great quarterbacks, including uh, the guy a lot of people want to call the GOAT, Tom Brady. So can he do it to a guy they want to be Tom Brady and Brock Purdy or is he Joe Montana? I always get confused because I was reading something today. They're trying to convince me he's the next Joe Montana or Steve Young uh, with numbers. But then I always always hear the you know the Brady comparison because of the late draft pick and draft status. Right. There's always some major huge leap comparison when it comes to Brock Purdy. Is he ever going to shake that too? Is Brock Purdy ever going to shake that Brady comparison? Whether he's whether he ends up earning it or not, I don't right. know that he's ever really going to shake that unless he hey. ends up taking a downturn. Uh, here's a crazy idea. I just kind of like let this develop. Like however it's going to go. Like right. Brock we... Purdy is going to be Brock Purdy yeah. one way or the other. Do we have to just label him today? It doesn't feel like we should have to. Well, that's what we. That's what we. Do that's now. what we do though. <laughs> But yet, that's what we're going to do. we got to jump the shark. You know that. Yeah, we gotta, we got to be way ahead of ourselves uh, when it comes to uh, Brock Purdy and his future. we got to like, look at the crystal ball. All right, 757-687-9494, All right, one of the uh, props that you will not hear us talking about this week, because I don't think it's a real thing, involves uh, Travis Kelsey, and not just his numbers on the field, but the potential <laughs> of <laughs> proposal off the field, which is fake. Right? Like, you can't really bet on this. I don't believe, but people, oh, there's a problem where you can get Travis Kelsey plus 50 yards and a uh, marriage proposal at the end of the game. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a real thing, but I don't know. Maybe some of these offshore folks, like the Bet USA or whatever, the, some of these ones that are out of, like, you know, Costa Rica or oh, whatever. Oh, there's some place yeah, you can do this. I'm sure I there's some place it. you can probably make the bet, uh-huh. but, like, in terms of, like, a real sports book, they're not going to take that bet for you. But, I mean, seriously, of all the most unlikely, stupidest things to happen, 
Do you think uh, Taylor Swift would go for that, number one? Number two, do you think he would go that way? I, I don't think he's that cheesy, but you, know, you never know. He's, he's not going that way. I, there, there's no way that that's how he's doing it. Now, I realize he, like, slid into her DMs or whatever and, or, you know, brought up her name mm-hmm. during one of their podcasts, and yeah, that's yeah. how they ended up, true. you know, connecting in the that's first true. place. And that's, that's different, but at the same time, that's different. You're not doing something that would be super, super cheesy like that. So, no, I don't think he's doing that. Now, that all being said, he does do the cheesy wrestling voice every time they win something. This is so, true. So, I mean, we really don't know. This is true. <laughs> we really don't know. Um. <laughs> now, would it be just as cheesy yeah. if he crashed one of her concerts and did it? Like, just walks oh, out why? on stage. It, yeah, it would be even worse, yeah. I think that I think that would be just as cheesy. Yeah, I think that would be way worse, yeah. And, I, you know, some of these guys, these fans would not take well for that either. No. All right, coming up, I got a good question from Tyler on the on the uh, text line about um, the new commander's front office and all this back and forth with Ben Johnson that's taken place over these last several days. And, you know, what's the root of it? Who's the root of it? And does it really speak well on anybody involved uh, with this thing? So we'll dive into that coming up. Uh, plus, don't call it a comeback, Le'Veon Bell. We'll deal with that uh, later this hour as well. Again, come on out, see us here. We are at Hackers on Hilltop, place to be on Sunday for the big game watch party. Great food, refreshing drinks. 70 TVs will be broadcasting it all, including the large screen TVs in the bays for optimal viewing. You will not miss a play or any commercial all here at the big watch party at Hackers. Food and drink tickets available. Secure your spot online at Hackers at Hilltop.com or get your tickets in person or by phone, 757-351-3931. Uh, again, we're here till 7. If you want to come out and see us, we've got tickets to give away to Train Show coming up at uh, United Loan, uh, Home Loans Amphitheater in uh, August. Plus, we've got uh, some bull riding tickets later this month at Hampton Coliseum. Australian Pink Floyd, while supplies last, but you've got to come see us here at Hackers Hilltop. We're in the VIP lounge. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. We'll get to the... Brock Purdy, uh, or excuse me, the um, question from my guy Tyler on the commander's uh, front and the front office and Adam Peters and company, whether or not they're the ones slinging mud at uh, Ben Johnson or is Ben Johnson uh, just being taken down by the NFL sports reporters. We'll get to that all next year. Scott Jackson, Show Priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law, James Witham, Sky Sports Center. The Scott Jackson Show will return after this timeout on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hi, we're uh, brought to you by Larry King Laws. We come to you from Hackers at Hilltop here till 7 with you tonight. Um, we got Kieran Donahue, ODU interim coach, coming up at 6 on the weekend that was the uh, win over Marshall and then the loss at Madison on Saturday. Uh, text line open 757-687-9494, if you want to join us there. Um, and that is also the uh, phone line, Valley Who's phone line, 757-687-9494. All right, uh, Tyler, via the text, asked me this question. And I'm sure people have – if you care to follow this, you can. If you don't, you probably haven't seen it. Um, hope you can give me some insight. Um, why does it feel like the Washington front office is slinging mud at Ben Johnson? Or is it just journalists trying to milk this for clips? Clicks, excuse me. It's not a good look. It reminds me of Little Danny. Talking about Dan Snyder. <laughs> little Danny. Yeah, you know, it's been <laughs> interesting. So there's been a lot of information that's been put out about him for a while since his thing went down. You know, I, I think there's a lot of NFL – let me start here. There's a lot of the NFL establishment that doesn't like the fact 
that he did what he did, right? Like he, yeah. he texted them after – so the timeline is this. This is interesting because it's a little different than what you heard last week. The news story that's out there, the, the timeline is a little different. He was actually putting it out on social media through one of these NFL insiders that he's pulling his name out before he actually told them, hey, I'm pulling my name out. They got a text when they were in flight finally that he was pulling his name out from him, not a call, a text. And then, obviously, they were already halfway to Detroit at that point. So the idea that they knew ahead of time, that actually wasn't even true. <clears throat> they didn't know until they were in the air. And he was out. So that was uh, something. So now you're hearing, okay, he was a crappy interview, which was, by the way, out there last year right. about him. Right. And then maybe he was just doing a preemptive because he didn't feel like he was getting the job. I also heard this weekend um, Rick Spielman, who was part of the selection committee, former NFL GM, uh, former executive of the year with the Vikings, uh, say that there was never a lean. Like, they were going through the process the whole time. Yeah, and they were doing their due diligence, which right. is pretty much what they said from the beginning. It was going to be thorough, and it wasn't going to be, you know, it wasn't right. going to be something that was going to be done overnight sort of thing. And they, if nothing else, they stayed true to that. And any leans came from reports, I think, not right. necessarily because they've, they've locked this sucker up. It's not like they've had a lot of, you know, leaks come out since the new regime has started. So that's what I think made them annoyed over here to the point where I don't know if they're they're slinging stuff back at him. There was also a report by him last week, or his people saying that he didn't like the NBA <laughs> yeah. selection group that was there talking about Bob Myers, and I guess Magic Johnson was a shot at Magic too, that he thought were, were too cocky about their ability to get talent. Now, look, Adam Peters not an NBA guy. Clearly, Rick Spielman's not an NBA guy. You know what I mean? Go through it. Well, whatever, okay? But, you know, I, I don't know if this agent versus – Team people. And this is also a problem. When you have a big group like they do, you know, you have a lot of people that were involved, right, so that could be like, all right, I'm not going to listen to this. Even if even if Josh Harris is like, no, we're not doing this, somebody could have been like, you know, I want to get this out there. Yeah. <clears throat> and the weird thing is Spielman's still in the media. He's a radio show. I heard him on the radio this weekend on, on XM. <laughs> He's working for Sirius XM. There's NFL radio, and he was talking about this whole process that went on here, and he was frustrated by the fact that there were all these leaks, and he's like, I don't know – how people thought they knew something when they didn't. Because I can tell you truthfully, being part of the process, there was not like, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get Ben Johnson. I think there was that assumption, but that wasn't, in fact, the, the true story. Now, did they try to get McDonald before they went to get – before they hired Quinn? Yeah. I mean, I think there's some proof to that. Yeah, I think that there's, there's some legs to that. A, a because bit. that's why <clears> – <throat> excuse me, the number went up because there was a back and forth between Washington and, and, and Seattle. Right. Not Seattle, Washington. Uh, back and forth between the Commanders and the Seahawks as to what you know who was going to get him, and he ended up going with um, Seattle. Like here's my whole thing from the beginning. From a team, from a coach standpoint, the coaching standpoint and the GM standpoint, the job is seen differently, right? From a GM standpoint, this is a great job because you have draft pick, low draft pick, you got cap space, um, <clears throat> you got low to no expectations. You know, in, in the beginning, as a, as a GM, as right, a GM, right. As the coach, it's a little harder because you don't have a quarterback for sure, right? And you've got to develop a quarterback potentially. And yet you, you don't know what free agents going to bring. Free agency is going to bring you. It could take from you more than it can give you. Mm -hmm. So from a coach's standpoint, if you're like looking somewhere to go, hit the ground running and winning, I could understand why you'd be less excited about the Washington situation as a GM candidate. So they got the number one GM candidate. And in terms of coaches, I don't, I don't know where Dan Quinn was rated, if we were doing ratings prior to the cycle, I mean, 
two of the guys that we thought really highly have already been coaching next year. <laughs> in Rabel and in, in Belichick, <laughs> most of which because they didn't want to work in a structure like the one in Washington, right? And, and apparently the commanders didn't even do much, as I figured. They're out of Rabel, according to the athletic report today, was, again, Rand Carthan fired this guy. Adam Peters wasn't going to go after a guy his friend fired. And because he already knew that this guy couldn't work with Rand, he worked with Rand, so he to him he figured that guy's not on the list to him. Right. Now, maybe that's stupid on his part, but – Clearly, Vrabel wanted some type of power. Maybe they could have gone through the due diligence to find out. Supposedly, they did have multiple conversations with Belichick, nothing formal, however. One of the things they talked to Belichick apparently about um, in this process was was getting his thoughts on Dan Quinn, believe it or not. Interesting. According to uh, this report. So, anyway, as well as, the, uh, as, well as Kyle Shanahan and some others. So, it, it's interesting, uh, the whole thing and how it worked out. I don't know. I mean, I think at the, maybe at the end of the day, Ben Johnson just knew he wasn't ready to be a head coach. Maybe it is truly as <clears throat> beautiful as he felt like he had unfinished business there. I'm not sure. Well, double bad look for him, though, because first of all, it got out that he wasn't going to yeah. take the gig, and then he texted <clears throat> while they were already on their way. Yeah. That's a double bad look. And, you know, no matter how you feel about, you know, the Washington brass or the situation there, any future head coaching opportunities for, for them, people are going to remember that. Yeah, I mean, look, if he does well enough, people will get over it, I suppose, and be, ex- and, and, and be excited. I mean, look, Josh McDaniels, you know, he left the Colts hanging, still got another job. Um, of course, look at him. It might also tell you a little bit of the person's character. Yeah, but that's, a, that's like a miracle, though. Right. Well, we well, could also say that's a character flaw, right? Like, that's like oh, against it's a, him. It's a massive character flaw. That, that he did this, and you can say, well, it doesn't matter. He's got these great plays. He likes to run. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, a guy had said a lot. I don't know a whole lot about the guy outside of what I watched him call in the game. His offense looks good. He does a nice job in the Thursday press conference, like all these coordinators have. But I don't know if he can coach the fifty-three man roster. Mm-hmm. And I and I still would have said that if they had hired him, because you really don't. Same with M- McDonald. You have no idea if there's no baseline for any of those guys. These first year guys, there is a baseline for Quinn, and I get it. That's what scares. Eh, he sucked his last two years in Atlanta. Blah blah blah. You know, he wasn't anything without Kyle Shanahan, which isn't completely true because he had a good season with Sarkeesian. Um, even though Sarkeesian had some things going on. Yeah. But they they have uh, – at least there is a baseline look at what he was. And, you know, don't don't come at me with the retread NFL coach thing because I'll just name you all the good retread coaches that win Super Bowls uh, over and over again. All right, 757-687-9494. Tyler, by the way, so it seems like Johnson's ducking the grind. <laughs> I'm happy at least Dan Quinn wants to be there. I mean, maybe. maybe I don't know if he, that – or again, maybe he just le- – Again, he's working with a veteran quarterback in, in Detroit, and, and he knows what he, you know what Jared Goff's baseline is, right, or what his upside is. Like, he didn't know who we'd be working with in Washington. Um, maybe he doesn't feel comfortable working the young quarterbacks, and, like, the job – maybe he wanted some other job that was already gone. Or he looks at next year's potential and says, That's hey, a possibility. Man, huh? there's some places that have quarterbacks. There's some places that are just a few pieces away. Why wouldn't I just wait it out and be in next year's cycle – uh, that might be better for me. Maybe. Or maybe he's just a coward. All right, 757-687-949. And there's a possibility he's a coward. That is a possibility. And there's a possibility out. he's a coward. All right, Bobby in Waynesburg says, Scott, um, once Purdy learns how uh, to have different release points for high to low trajectories as related to deep balls, tight windows in the middle of the field when he becomes a great quarterback like Mahomes, Stafford, Jordan Love come to mind when you talk about these techniques. That's why Purdy – 
is more accurate with a deep ball than the shorter throws where he tends to overshoot the target. Interesting thought there. He also helps that he played behind um, Rodgers, who pioneered those techniques, which is considered orthodox at the time. He's obviously talking about Jordan Love there. Right. Interesting. Okay. That's, that's, you know, again, Purdy's fine. He's on a great trajectory. I don't know why we got to suddenly go, well, you know, his first four. I mean, Peter King, who's a real smart guy, covered pro football a long time, forgotten more games than most. He's like doing this comparison with the stats of Joe Montana and Steve Young. And then admits, well, you know, eras are different. You know, crap. I mean, like totally different in this case. Like uh-huh. totally different. And then tries to make the case, well, because it's, it's higher, uh, you know, like it's somehow built on some curve that makes it shows that he is doing just what they do. I'm like, stop. Come on. Just, let, let's, just, let's just see how he handles his first Super Bowl before we put him in that category. All right. Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. A comeback that I'm not sure anybody asked for. We'll get to that coming up next in the <laughs> NFL. Scott Jackson Show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. This is the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. All right, we are out here, Hackers at Hilltop here till seven tonight. Again, if you want to come by, see us. We're in the VIP section. Uh, come say hello. We got tickets while supplies last. To great concerts, train Aria Speedwagon coming up in August. Also, the professional bull riding coming to Hampton Coliseum later this month. And Australian Pink Floyd at the Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion. And people say, well, what is Australian Pink Floyd? I go, well, it's Pink Floyd except Australian. So, there you go. Just picture it. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're With accents, yeah. Absolutely, for those that don't know. All right. So, here at Hackers at Hilltop, again, they have a big game watch party Sunday, February 11th. Big-time uh, event with 70 TVs broadcasting at all. You can come by. You can get in one of these VIP Bay areas, really, to have the experience. You can get general mission tickets as well. Uh, all party options include food and drink tickets. You can get more information at their website, hackersathilltop.com, or come by here in person and talk to them off Laskin Road, um, or call them at 757 uh, 757-351-3531 to get more information about the big game party. All right, so Le'Veon Bell of Pittsburgh Steeler fame and also a fame of, hey, I knocked out Adrian Peterson in an amateur boxing match just a few months ago. That he did? Yeah, so he, I guess it was a year ago now, two years ago. God, it's 2022 already? It doesn't feel that long ago. Anyway, he uh, famously sat out, of course, football is to decide in the franchise tag with Pittsburgh one year uh, back in – the prime of his career. I would say it was the prime of his career, right? I think he was at in this pr- point. You could say that. For yeah, sure. at that time when he chose to do that, it's obviously cost him deeply. It's never money you recover. I mean, I said that the time it happened. I go, you're never going to get that money back, as cool as it may feel in the moment. Um, anyway, he's 32 later this month. Of course, after that, he ended up going to play for the Jets, as you might remember. And now he wants to make this comeback that he's going to start training for in March. And he's hoping to get the, you know, his return to the NFL with the Steelers, the team that he left behind. And he has apologized to Steelers fans on social media last year, said in a video, and never apologized to fans for sitting out or leaving the Steelers. He goes, I never apologize. So I want to apologize for leaving the best damn fans there is in the damn world. I should have left. I apologize. I should never have left. I apologize. That's my fault. That's on me. Again, he was terrific in Pittsburgh, first-team first All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler, 
Um, was fourth in franchise history in, in rushing yards before deciding, you know, enough was enough. Then he missed the 2018 season, and it never got it back. I mean, the no. Jets was awful. Uh, where he went there in 2019, was released the following season. It's played for three other teams um, in 2020 and 2021. And now he wants to make a comeback. Here's the problem. The Steelers have actually young backs that have been active yeah. uh, in our hungry and Nigel Harris and Jalen Warren. They don't need Le'Veon Bell. And I, I get it. He feels like he has unfinished business. I, I don't feel like they really are pining for him. I can't imagine they would They're not be. getting the band back together. I don't know why they would be. No, and, and they're not. It, think about what he was. He was a patient runner. That was his thing. Yeah, yeah. He would catch balls on the backfield. Okay, that was his thing. This kind of feels like, back, yeah. you know what? The, it's it's sad as this as a comparison as this is. Doesn't this feel like a Melvin Gordon ish type thing? Where yeah, I'm going to try to come back, but I'm going to end up bouncing around to three to four different teams before I just end up going on practice squads for most of the season. I I don't know that this is something that's going to stick. Yeah, I don't know if it is either. Uh, it has been a um, it's you know it's a great idea. You can say all this and always fresh and all this stuff and I don't you know. Maybe he gets a. Maybe he'll get an actual um, workout or two. Maybe he'll get some looks. I'm not sure, but there's no doubt. I mean, I think in real time, a lot of people thought he was making a huge mistake, uh, but he was really solid on his convictions at that moment, and it's come back and bit him. I mean, it's cost him, cost him what could have been a hell of a career. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if you're really serious about getting back to play, you go to the UFL, you play there, and if you show, hey, I still got it. Maybe one of your team, maybe one of these other teams pays attention. I'm not saying it's going to be the Steelers necessarily, but maybe somebody pays attention because right now the only thing that NFL teams are going to see is that you're washed. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the problem is <clears throat> for a lot of these guys, UFL just doesn't pay well enough. And I don't know if we've seen outside of like I, – I'm trying to think of like, – like there's been no real quarterback play that's come from that league yet. Or not from the U, but from the XFL or the USFL, right? PJ Walker did pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, I guess he. That's he maybe the one yeah. example. But there has not been a whole lot of like, hey, this guy really helped himself a ton. Uh, you know, veteran player, younger player, sure. There's some younger guys that have, but but veteran players, I think it's kind of like, it's almost it's just not big enough for them. You know what I mean? He would almost be like, I'd rather just go go the NFL. Um, practice squad route because the practice squad pays well. I mean, it pays better than these no, UFL. It does. It does. Pay them. Uh, especially if you're a veteran, you get more money at scaled or what have you. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a good feeling for Le'Veon Bell. It's not a good time for for old running backs in the NFL. And how many guys have to get hurt on that Steelers roster before you <laughs> call Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, I don't think that's. I just. I don't feel like they're as excited about the reunion as he is. That's always a bad thing. Like, hey, I want to get back together, and they're like, oh, do we tell you we moved on? Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Sorry, Le'Veon is not going to happen. I mean, maybe only maybe this would work if like Antonio Brown wanted to come back too with him. They both both go to Pittsburgh. Ooh, who would maybe you, then we would have something. Who to talk would about. you take first, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell or right. Antonio Brown? Listen, you you would absolutely take Le'Veon Bell before you take <laughs> Antonio. You'd absolutely. I just want to hear you say it out loud. You would absolutely take Le'Veon Bell back <clears throat> before you would take back Antonio Brown. There's no way. I mean, you. Oh, Antonio Brown is on the absolute like toxic list of all toxic oh, lists yeah. right now in the NFL. And again, he can't come back. He had the greatest exit ever. I mean, any guy who literally strips down uh, on the field going off, I mean, you can't beat that as a going away. Skipping um, and waving. Yeah, skipping and waving, <laughs> peeling off the uniform. I mean, you, he can't come back. That would be <sighs> so unfair. 
He, he knew how to he knew how to go out on a high note and uh, leave it at that. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Because look, you look at a guy like Adrian Peterson, who's actually stayed in shape and has been in camps and been with teams from time to time. When there's injuries, it produced well. Heck, he couldn't even get on a roster this year. No. So, yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, Le'Veon Bell's going to uh, going to be any anyone that uh, anyone calls anytime soon. Anyone, not, not a whole lot of teams looking for thirty two year old running backs at this point. Uh, in this in this world, I mean, there's so many good running backs that can't even get burned that are young and and hungry still. Not not going to be something that's on the uh, wish list of any team this offseason. No doubt. All right, we're going to take a timeout. We'll get the update from uh, James here in a sec. Uh, Kieran Donnie, ODU interim basketball coach, coming up the other side. We'll get back to the uh, Commanders news today with the two coordinators being hired, and also some of the things that Dan Quinn said today in his opening press conference as well. All right, 757-687-9494. That's the text line, the Valley Hills phone line. I want to remind you, Big Game Bash around the corner happening right here at Hackers at Hilltop. That's where we are today. You want more information on tickets, getting your spot here online at hackersathilltop.com. Or you can come by here in person. We're going to be here for another hour if you want to come out and join us and get a chance to grab some tickets from us as well. Uh, Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham has your sports center.